Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Oh my gosh, it is December and I just felt over the last couple of days to preach a message to you about Noah. No, I didn't. I didn't, right? I just thought it was kind of, not at all, actually. I just thought it was crazy that we decided to kick off summer with floods. Just how we roll in Melbourne. It's what we do. It's like we kick off summer with a flood, which I think is insane. In fact, if, if you were to uh, come from another part of the world, you didn't know, you know what kind of seasons we have here, you would swear that it's probably winter. It's, it's getting colder. But no, it's, it's the beginning of summer. Uh, there aren't heaps of indicators about that. But I'll t- can I tell you a couple of indicators that we have actually crossed into the Christmas season? Are you ready for this? You might have noticed some of this, okay? When you go to the shops... The time spent parking the car is longer than the actual shopping. I know. And there's this weird thing that happens at Christmas time. When you line up to pay for your item, the other line will move faster. I don't understand how it works. If you don't believe me, swap to the other line. And just watch... As you begin to get frustrated, I know it's easy to get kind of frustrated and stressed out at Christmas. This is one of the most amazing statistics that I heard, which is that 15% of people stress out at Christmas that they're going to have to be extra nice. (laughs) They are worried about being nice. Oh, it's the season. You know, just Fake it till you make it, I guess. I think it's kind of crazy, but Christmas can be kind of stressful. I I, I get it. It, It's actually uh, meant to be, you know, like peace on earth. I'm like, what? Not Not if you're going to the shops. Like, it doesn't kind of feel like that. Can I tell you the truth about Christmas? And when I tell you this, I think you already know it. It can be really stressful. Christmas can be a really stressful time. It is supposed to be the most wonderful time. The most? It's the most wonderful time of the year. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. It is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. It becomes the most stressful time of the year. Last year, I had to cook a turkey on Christmas Day. Sounds wonderful, right? No. It was seven kilos and I've never cooked a... I'm, I'm okay cooking a, some sausages on the barbecue, but when you have to cook a seven kilo piece of meat and it is the featured dish of the day, that's pressure. And for those of you that might not be aware, we, as soon as you enter onto the barbecue and you have to cook something out there, it's a man test. It's a man test. Happy to tell you that I passed the man test and it was a delicious turkey, right? These kind of things, right, they, can't, they sound silly. But isn't it kind of weird how the, the silly things stress you out? There's actually a whole heap of reasons why people should and do stress out at Christmas time. Did you know that at Christmas time, domestic violence, loneliness, and depression all increase? And this is 
kind of ironic because this is meant to be this period of time where we stop and reflect. It's meant to be about peace on earth. In fact, if you read the beginning of the, of, of the story about when Jesus came, it was to bring peace on earth. That was written by people that have never tried to find a car park at Eastland in December. Because it doesn't feel like peace on earth at all. I look around and I'm like, what? Everyone is kind of stressing out. I, hang, I was hanging out with a few pastors this week. And I said to them, how were you guys going in December? And this is what they said to me. I'm just hoping to make it through Christmas. <laughs> they're pastors of churches. And they're just hoping to make it through Christmas, and I want to preach a message to you this morning called Overcoming Christmas. Overcoming Christmas. And the reason why I want to preach this message is because I believe that Christmas should be the most celebrated message that we ever have. Like the, the gospel message, the fact that the, the word would become flesh and dwell amongst us. That Jesus would come from heaven to earth and ultimately give his life as a sacrifice for the sins of people. And should we know that truth, we call upon his name and we give our lives to him and you become saved by the power of God. I think that we should celebrate that message and quite often... I like to save a Christmas message for something closer to Christmas Day. But if I don't preach this at the beginning of the season, you might waste the next three weeks. The next three weeks. So let's pay attention to what this whole message is supposed to be about because what I think is happening is that people are getting robbed at Christmas. I think people are getting robbed at Christmas. I want to read a scripture to you. It comes out of Luke. It'll be on the screens for you guys. I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 10, verses 38. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Lazy. No, she didn't. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him, being Jesus, and this is how you know she really lost the plot. She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister have, has left me alone to serve or to serve alone? Now, this is what we call projecting people because she asks Jesus a question and then she assumes that he's just as mad with her sister as she is. So then, after asking the question, she doesn't wait for Jesus' answer. This is projecting. She says, tell her then to help. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you were anxious and troubled about many things. But how many things were necessary? How many things were necessary? One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I think Mary was robbed. Martha, 
too many M's. <laughs> I think, by the way, thank you to everybody for helping me preach my own sermon. I appreciate it. I think Martha was robbed. She actually has Jesus in her house. Jesus, the God, creator of heaven and earth, the God, and he's sitting in her lounge room. And there she is in the kitchen while he's in the lounge room. What was she doing? Well, the Bible says that she was distracted. She was distracted. Have you ever tried to spend time with Jesus and end up getting distracted? How many of you have started trying to pray and ended up remodeling your house? (laughs) Ten minutes later, you're like, this began as a prayer, and now I need to go to Ikea. And you have no idea why. It's not from the Lord. It was all you. It's easy to get distracted, right? Now, that's a distraction for a bad reason. But, you know, Martha, she was distracted for a good reason because, really, she was supposed to be serving Jesus. She was supposed, culturally, it would be expected that she serves him and that she looks after him. And there she is missing out. And while she's missing out, she has what we would call an active imagination, And she would be playing this scenario over in her head. That's why by the time she walked out, she was all mad. Because stress builds. And people don't always handle it right. And eventually she comes out and she explodes. And what does she say? She says, Jesus! What's wrong with this picture? Don't you know that my sister is supposed to be in here? with me and helping out. It's kind of funny because Jesus didn't say, Martha, oh yes, you're right. I'm going to send your sister in to help you. And he didn't say, Martha, Martha, forget about all that stuff. Come back in here and sit with me. He didn't actually say either. He let her do what she wanted to do. It's really up to her. It was up to her where she chose to be. She chose to sit in the kitchen or stand in the kitchen. She chose to be there. She chose to spend her time that way. You can manage your time however you want. Martha was managing her time and then her time ended up managing her because she ended up getting stressed out about it. It's up to you how you decide to spend your time over the next three weeks. Everyone knows what it feels like to wait for a car park when you need to get to the shops and get home. But if you have to wait five minutes longer, you can either get mad or you can get frustrated, right? Or you can just listen to the next worship track that's on, that's playing through your speakers and say, hey, Jesus, I just got an extra five minutes that I want to give to you while I'm here. Do you really need to get that worked up, getting that mad? Martha got mad and Martha got robbed. And what was supposed to be the most wonderful time of her life, because Jesus suddenly shows up in her house, ended up being not wonderful at all. And and it wasn't. It just simply wasn't. She ended up having her attention misdirected and she was focused on something but Jesus said no there's only 
one thing that's necessary. And Martha, you missed it. And the word that Jesus uses to describe what she chose was this word portion. Remember how he said that? He said, oh, Mary has chosen the good portion. And portion means part of the whole thing. That's what it refers to. Portion is simply part of the whole thing. And I'm thinking that over the next couple of weeks, we're all going to be facing the same situation, same busy shops, same pressure at home. We're all buying gifts. We're all doing the same thing. Here's what I've discovered about this story. You can pick your portion. You can pick your portion. Martha picked her portion. It was in the kitchen getting stressed out. Mary picked her portion. It was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his teaching. We all got the same time. We're all going to be facing the same stuff, but you get to pick the part that you want to pay attention to. It's all the same stuff. Two sisters, same scenario, both facing the exact same thing. One of them chose a good portion and the other one didn't. You can pick your portion. And here's my point. Don't let stress steal the spirit from Christmas. I want to tell you about three things that will stress you out at Christmas. Three things. Number one, relationships. Relationally. I already told you that domestic violence, that it increases at Christmas time. In fact, I read this interview with Australian Domestic Violence Services, and this is what they said. After years and years, we know throughout December we'll get considerable increase in calls and about sexual harassment or assaults at work, at Christmas parties and things like that. And this is the part that really got me. It says, then from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve, it's just wall-to-wall domestic violence. This is the culture that we live in, in Australia. Wall-to-wall domestic violence. Violence. People are getting robbed at Christmas time. And it should be the most wonderful time in the year, but for a lot of people, it's not. And I don't pretend to imagine the circumstances that you are going through, or maybe the people that are in your family. But here's what you already know the people closest to you can hurt you the most. And on Christmas Day, you surround yourself with them. And some people in your family are offensive. Some people in your family, it doesn't matter what you do, they will pick holes in what in everything you do. You will clean the house, but they'll still find a way to criticize. You'll have all these dishes and this lavish spread that you'll put on, and they'll still say it's not good enough. There are just some people who are going to be offensive, and they're in your family. Here's what Jesus said. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's going on in here will eventually come out here. 
And here's what happens on, at Christmas. Maybe you haven't seen these people for months and months, or you haven't had a real, genuine conversation with them. You were avoiding all the awkwardness, all the issues, and then you are sitting with them for hours on Christmas Day. It's going to come out. So here's what you got to do. Start dealing with your heart well before Christmas. Now listen, if you could change the other person's heart, you would have already tried that. And it won't work. So the best thing that you can do, deal with your own heart before Christmas. Can we go a level deeper? All right. Start forgiving people now. (laughs) Start forgiving people today so that by the time you're surrounded by these people at Christmas, the only thing that's coming out of your mouth is something good and worth listening to. You understand? Number one, relationally, it can stress you out at Christmas. Number two, financially. Financially. Can we please not celebrate the freedom that Christ bought for us by going into debt at Christmas? And I know that sometimes you feel the pressure of having to pull this whole thing together, whether it be gifts or whether it be Christmas Day or the lunch or whatever it is. I I was speaking to my kids last night in the car and I said to them, guys, we just love each other so much. They're like, yeah, dad, we do. I said, you know what? I don't even think we need to do Christmas uh, presents, you know? I think it's just because we love each other. What do you guys think about that? They were like, no, Dad, that's crazy. You better get us something good, you know? (laughs) Your kids will always want something good. I'll tell you, I think about my own childhood, and you know what? Honestly, I can hardly remember any of the gifts that I had, but I remember Christmas Day. I remember my family. (laughs) I know that feels so bad. They spent so much money. (laughs) I don't even remember it. But I remember Christmas Day... Hey, guess what the best thing that you can give to your kids is? It's not some crazy expensive gift. Don't feel the pressure. You know what? If you want to ruin something good in your life, compare it to something great in somebody else's life. So you go and you get your kids a box of Lego. Speak to your neighbors. They're getting motorbikes. Suddenly your Lego doesn't look as good as it did before you had that conversation. Here's what you don't know. You don't know what debt they're going into to be in that position. So you compete with people when you don't know their financial situation and you put yourself into debt. No, 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 no. This is not a good idea for you at Christmas. So here's what you need to do. Buy what you can afford and don't pay for what you can't. And since it's the beginning of December, if you have purchased something that you can't afford... Take it back and do not begin 2018 in debt. You got me? All right. I feel like this is helpful. I hope it is. What was number one? Relationally. Number two. Number three, internally. Just in here. Man, there's car parks. Spending the money trying to pull everything together. 
making it to every single Christmas thing that you're invited to and pushing all of those off to be at the Activate Church Outdoor Cinema and Carol's service in this month. Finding a way, thank you, I received that word right now. Finding a way to come up with a reason. (laughs) But I tell you what, it starts to wear on you. You can start to feel the pressure on the inside. And I told you that what's on the inside, and eventually it starts to come outside. Can I tell you, at Christmas, choose the good portion. You're facing the same stuff as everyone else. Choose the good portion. Why don't you start a don't-do list? I have predetermined that I will not lose my temper in the car park at the shopping center. I have predetermined that no matter what happens, I'm not going to get upset at people in the shopping center. I'm not going to get upset at my kids when really my pressure is from everywhere else. Have a don't-do list this Christmas. I'll tell you, I'll be transparent today and tell you a story about me because last Christmas, I should have preached this message to me last Christmas because I was sent out to the shops and I was waiting for a car park for about 10 minutes, which doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're sitting still in a car, it is. And at the last minute, somebody drove into my car park and I did not cuss at them and I did not give them the universal sign of disapproval. I'm far too holy for that, but here's what I did do. I gave them a look like death eyes and a look on my face that said, you had better get out of that car park or I might kill you. That's what my eyes was saying, right? So this person, I'm not proud of this, they looked at my face and they got out of the car park. And I drove in there. And as I pulled into the car park, I said to myself, boy, I hope I don't see that guy around the shops. And then I had a thought, what if I'm supposed to reach that guy? What if God puts me in a position to talk to that guy? I don't know what he's going through. I was just thinking about myself, but what if I'm supposed to make a difference in his life? And I realized when I start to get upset and stressed out, I lose my witness. I lose my witness. And now the very guy that I might be meaning to reach, I want to avoid because of how I act, because of how I respond. Is this making sense to you today? Do we have any, uh, any people watchers here? Yeah, and some of you are lying right now, and that's okay, because we can pray for you at the end of the service, but some people go to a coffee shop and they get on Facebook, but some of you, you just watch other people. You just watch what they do, how they interact. Guess what? You're not the only ones. You're not the only ones watching. People are watching you. People are watching how you act. You know, some of these people... They're about this big. They're called kids. And they're in the back seat of the car while you're losing your temper in the front. And forget 2D, 
this thing, they are, they are in it. It's more than 3D. I don't know what comes after that. Four. They're in it. Aren't you so glad you came to church today? This is deep. Real deep, you know? They're, they're in it. They can hear it. They can see it. They're witnessing it. Some of the people that are watching, they're, they're co-workers. And they know that you go to church. They're just watching how you do stuff. And they're not even meaning to be intentional about it. They're just observing the way that you manage life. There's actually a group of people that sometimes do watch you, though. They're people that don't have a relationship with Jesus. And they look at how you manage your relationships. They look at how you manage your life. And you might be their only link to Jesus at Christmas. And if you're so busy, stressed out and worried about the thoughts and perspectives and opinions of others and getting worked up, car parks and money and relationships and all the rest of it, right? You might not ever open your eyes wide enough to see that these people might need your attention. You're too busy focused on what's going on in your own life. I want to read a scripture to you. This comes out of Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You need to know that what is building up in you will eventually come out of you. And the way you manage your relationships, your finances, your language, the spirit that you just carry with you wherever you go, people are watching that. All of that stuff is the light that you shine. That's what people see. I have noticed that people pay attention to your behavior, not your belief. Let me say that again for some of you. People will pay attention to your behavior, not your belief. So believe whatever you want, but they'll make their decision from what they see. And when they are watching, this is the light that you're shining. How you manage yourself, how you deal with stuff. Here's what I want to say to you. Church, be worth watching. Be worth watching. Be worth watching. Set an unbelievable example. Do you know what James said? He said, I'll show you my belief in my behavior. I'll show you my faith by my works. And the scripture that we just read said that when people see your light, they give glory to God. So connect the dots today. People look at the way you behave and you have a kingdom influence on them. They're not looking for God, but they see you. And depending on how you act, they will make their decision on whether to give glory to God or not. So here's what you're going to do at Christmas. Smile. 
It's infectious. Smile. (laughs) See? When you smile, people will smile back at you. This may stress 15% of you, but be nice. (laughs) Be nice to people. Give them the car park. Those people that stand in the middle trying to sell you stuff, get them a coffee. (coughs) Give someone the last trolley. I know it's an inconvenience to you. I'm asking you to let your light shine. I know it doesn't always make things work in your life. That's cool. We're here to serve other people. Let your light begin to shine. You know, this week, I was a little bit early to pick up my kids from school, so I went across the road to have a coffee. And as I'm having my coffee, a lady and her son walk into the coffee shop. And God says to me, go help those people. That is the most cryptic thing I've heard. Go help those people. I'm like, with what? He says, just go help them. All right? So I say to the people there at the coffee shop, do you have just a pen and a paper? They said, yes. So I wrote down my name, wrote down my number, wrote down the name of our church. And I walked over to them and I said, hi, how you doing? I'm smiling, so they're smiling. How you doing? She says, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) She didn't even know what I'm there for. This is how... Attractive, I can present the gospel message to someone. I, got, I didn't even get past hello. Some of you are going to do so much better than me. So I said, hello. She said, no, no, no. I said, oh, no. I want to tell you something. Uh, when I saw you and your uh, son come in today, I felt like God told me to help you. And I don't know what that means to you, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my name and my number. Uh, I'm, I'm a pastor of this church here called Activate Church. And if there is a way that I can help your family this month, If there's anything I can do, you're stuck or you need help, if you call that number, I'm going to help you. And she just looked at me like I was such a strange person. And I'll be honest, I can understand it because that's a weird (laughs) offer. But I didn't care. You know why? Because I chatted with them for a little bit and I realized that they're not really Christians. And maybe they don't know what God is all about. But here's what they do know that someone who heard from God offered to help them. And the next time they think about how God feels about them at Christmas, I hope that they think he wants to help me. When you're stressed out and self-focused, you will not afford yourself the same opportunities as you can have when you are helping other people, letting your light shine. You will not get the same opportunities. I think this world needs Christmas. And when I say Christmas, I am not talking about the tree and I'm not talking about the presents. I'm talking about Jesus. They need the gospel message. They need to know that maybe in their life, with all the stuff that's going on, maybe they felt rejected their whole life, but they need to know that he came for them. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I'm so glad you're listening to this because you need to know he came for you. 
and the world needs to know this. And I feel like more and more this message is getting quashed. It's, people are trying to shut down the message of the gospel. But I think at this point, we need to be more open and more honest about what Jesus is for and why he came than we have ever been at any other point. We just need to let people know, I already told you that depression is something that increases at Christmas time. Drinking increases as a percentage of people to statistically say, I do plan on drinking a lot at Christmas and, and, and getting, and there are other people that say, I just know that I'm going to get depressed and, and it does, it happens and it goes up. But there are a group of people that are the least affected by depression and drinking and thoughts of suicide at Christmas time. And a, this is, a study has shown this, that people that go to church are the least affected by this season in a negative way. Here's my question. Wait, wait. Who are you bringing to church? Don't spend this whole season being focused on the car park and the stress and the pressure because there is an entire world out there that needs this message. Who are you bringing to church? Who are you helping? Who are you investing into? Because you will face the same situation as everyone else in this room. And here's the wrong portion. To stress out about everything. The small things. The silly things. To get worked up. To spend more money than you have. And begin 2018 in debt. To just internalize all of the pressure. And feel it from everywhere. And everyone. That's the wrong portion. Here's the good portion. Be light. Be hope. Be the church. Help someone. Think of other people that are going through really hard stuff. Reach out. Because this world needs this message. You got me? I want to pray for you today. Why don't you stand to your feet? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.